You are now listening to the Open Canvas. Hey, <laughs> Open Canvas. It's Taj Alexander. I'm sitting here with a man that I consider multi-creative. He's the definition of what a hustler is. His hard work, his dedication, his passion comes through in anything he touches and anything he attaches his name to. International, he's from Paris. Shout out to all the Paris family. His brand reaches from places like LA to New York and he's only expanding his reach with every move that he makes. So without any further ado, introduce yourself, man. My name is Camille, Camille Tano, 28 years old. I'm the founder of the proper community. The proper community, basically, I created this word of, I'm really into fashion, arts and culture. So there is this label, The Proper Sneaker, and I do music too, and I go by the stage name of The Proper Kid. Both are artistic and diverse, but I'm commercially minded. I'm just trying to express myself and create as many platforms as possible. Very much. <laughs> that's major. That's major. So thank you for being on the podcast because thank you um, for having me. I love your soul. I love your drive. I see you all the time. Sometimes I'm just waking up and I see you posting on Instagram and I'm like, fuck. I have to post too. Like I see your your drive and I and, and I like it because you really like do your things. And I know how the first guest for any show or any magazines, it's super hard to find them because mm. you have to convince them. And I see a lot of myself in this, so I love it. Thank you, man. And I appreciate that because, you know, you recognize this is a lot of hard work and time behind the scenes and effort that's put into what you do. Yeah. So thank you for recognizing that, man. I appreciate that. I think you speak volumes just in regards to what you've done. And this is our first time meeting each other yeah, <laughs> in <actually>. person. <laughs> like we've just seen each other from afar and just respected each other's hustles. So I really appreciate you being here, man. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Let's get it. <laughs> so where are you from, man? I'm from Paris, born and raised. My roots are in Ivory Coast. So very proud to be African and French. That makes me Afro-European. Uh, I decided to move here to New York nine months ago. I just think that it makes more sense for what I do. I feel like New York, uh, I don't know if it's the case for America, but New York at least allows you to build up your community from the ground. If a product is good, if an idea is good, doesn't matter. The market would just like a truck onto it. And I feel like it's the best place for any creative in the world. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that, man. It just attracts the right type of energy, the energy of the hustle. It's real here. And you also know? New York throws so many shit at your face <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Every New Yorker has this like demeanor come at you and say, get the fuck out of here. And at the same time, <laughs> it's crazy. I realized this last time, like when you walk in the streets, in New York, everybody is just focused. Like they're walking mm. super, super fast. Yeah, like yeah. Everybody's chasing money. <laughs> I think New York is amazing for that. Yeah, man. What brought you to New York? I know it's been a long journey from where you started. Yeah, it's, you? Been, it's been a super long journey. Uh, I think that at the time when I started, I think Paris is an amazing city, but it's very conservative. And I see Paris as a very, very nice museum where sometimes you have to change the exhibitions. And I feel like, I've been seeing these exhibitions for a minute, so it was time for me to leave. Also, regarding what I do, my mom always told me that like, if some people don't like you somewhere, there is some people that might like you somewhere else. 
Yeah. You cannot be romantic about just the place where you come from and work a mile away from where you grew up. Like you have to explore the world. And there is so many things that I just don't know in life. And I just know that somehow New York is a mix of all of this, you know? Mm. I don't know if the notion of melting spot is still alive in New York. Like people don't realize, but for me being French, we don't have a big Hispanic community in France, you know? So for me, I love this culture. So being around this is really amazing. Also, I feel on a personal level, me being black, I feel like more representative here mm. than in France. Really? How yes, so? Yes, because you have like, just in magazines and medias, you have your own channel, BET and Ebony, Essence and all of this, you know, I just feel like I'm more representative here than in Paris. Mm. Like we had the first black TV anchor part-time he came like four years ago. Oh, wow. That's recent. That's, that's super recent. <laughs> People don't see when you come to Paris and you stay in a fancy area and you go to the museum and you have great food and you're like, oh, wow, Paris is amazing. But then when you just get out of the city and you realize the gap between low-income environments mm. and what Paris portrayed, all the movies and postcards, and you're like, whoa. This is the reality. No, this is the reality. There's a lot of kids coming from those environments trying to make it and not being accepted by the city, you know? Mm. So that's how I felt. I felt very frustrated when I was in Paris. And I feel like here in America, it's just like less complicated for me somehow. Yeah. But so, don't get me wrong. I'm aware about <laughs> racism and stuff like no, that. Absolutely. Like absolutely. So where in Paris are you from? Were you born in the city, outside the city? I was born outside of Paris in a city called Saint-Denis. The equivalent would be kind of like what Brooklyn is to Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I was born. And then I started hanging out in the city when I was like 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. <laughs> and then from there, I study communication and journalism. I have a master. And then during those studies, I had to make internships. Mm -hmm. I was doing some modeling before, so it made it easier for me. And then I've done an internship for this British brand called Paul Smith. And then I worked for Pierre Hardy. Then I worked for Balenciaga. Balenciaga went back to Pierre Hardy. What were and, you doing uh, at those fashion houses? The first one, I was just an intern. I mean, just an intern. I think it's amazing, by the way, <laughs> yeah. because I just learned so many things. It was like day-to-day -day task in the office to after being in the communication department. So I was really next to the PR and I was assisting at the time. And then I was always trying to go and sneak into the studios all the time to see like <laughs> what was going on, how to design, how to do this, how to do that. Yeah. At the same time, I'm talking like 06, 07, hip hop was really invading like fashion. Yeah. I could see it coming and I was really, really, really into it. Of course, Kanye was at the forefront, but before Lenny Kravitz was doing it, Pharrell sure. had a line with Louis Vuitton, with the millionaires. He has a jewelry line with Camille Michelli. Mm -hmm. So at the time I was really fascinated by that. Kanye had the Kanye University yes. yeah. blog. Yeah. Oh man, that so, blog, like that put me on this so much. Oh like, yeah. And now I'm even realizing some of my taste in music and fashion and oh, anything, man. even like the little things. He would put you on a random indie bands. Like yeah. he'll just do like this random post and you're like, yeah, Kanye, what was the name of that blog? It was Kanye University. Yeah, yeah, man. And it was after graduation, after Murakami did the artwork and uh, mm. he built it like the dropout bear mm. with the whole Murakami drawings. It was amazing. And people don't give props to Kanye for that, but I remember, I learned so much 
through that blog, I remember that was the first time that I discovered about Common Project. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. When you <laughs> what had is this? Yeah. High top, meet top, <laughs> l'envers, high top, and stuff like that. So I was really into this from a cultural standpoint. And then I had the chance to be at the heart of high-end fashion, working mm. for fashion houses like Balenciaga in the studio. So uh, it was really amazing. I had the chance to see what is a good material, product, the whole process. Mm. Then a super high-end fashion show with this and that person at the front row, you know? How old were you during this time? Because you're naming all of these big fashion houses and things like that. It was like 10 that. years ago, so I was 17, 17, what? 18. <laughs> yeah, I was wow. super lucky wow. yeah. to see that. And I started working at Balenciaga when I was 20, 21, okay. three years. And that was really amazing. This was like an amazing experience because this house was very international. Yeah. And I think Nicolas Jesquier, the creative director, is one of the best, if it's not the best creative director, or Elmut Lang. And I had the time to just witness that level of creativity. And that's what inspires my music mm. and what I do in fashion, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So during this time, you're still a teenager yeah. in this world of fashion and you're meeting these people and you're putting in this work. What was going through your mind? Because, you know, you, you say you're also doing music and different forms of expression. What else were you involved in? The music process for me really took a lot of time because like, I'm going to drop my EP now. It took me literally like mm. 10, 12 years First, because I'm doing it mostly in English and English is not my native language. I had to learn through books and mm. um, Jay-Z's hooks and A to Z lyrics, <laughs> rap genius, you know? How was so, that? Like just learning, just learning the English language. It was amazing. I had like 50 Cent first album, I remember at the time. <laughs> yeah. College yeah. dropout, last call. <laughs> I had to learn everything, then translate everything, then understand in the context. Wow. And you know, sometimes like, you guys don't realize, but Americans sometimes gonna say like, he do and not he does mm. and i'm like why is he saying that yeah, is that correct or is that figured right? out it's like <laughs> a lot of slang that i had to learn also a long process for me to be able to really express my emotions and feelings mm. you know that's the hardest part of feeling in language communicating is not hard but like once you really point a specific emotions or feelings that's what becomes hard you yeah know? i'm yeah. not really good at arguing because i feel like <laughs> i can't really say what i want to say yeah and yeah. i feel like i'm more of a visual storyteller mm -hmm. so yeah. absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah so moving from working with these different brands was there something in that that also made you say okay i can work for these brands or you know, I can also see myself doing this myself. Did you ever have that yeah, realization? Definitely. I just feel that it's very interesting to see how, basically, I don't really like exclusivity. Mm. I'm more about the notion of being inclusive, belong to a group, but at the same time, being unique. And I feel like fashion, it was so exclusive. I don't like this idea of like front row and second row, this person and that person. And when I was working at those houses, I just felt that there was some kind of disproportions between the work that was being done and how people were like talking to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a 12 minutes fashion show every six months. So I just thought that it was time for me to just prove to myself that I could do whatever I want to do if I put my mind into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. And I also want to shout out the Flower Boys. I actually had them on the, actually the first episode of the podcast was with them. 
Mm-hmm. And they just also had a similar perspective just in regards to they grew up outside of, of Paris. Paris. And they also have a story where they were almost outsiders. And now they created a world for themselves where they were able to say, we want to make this world that was once exclusive, inclusive. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I really respect that you guys have done and are doing is really making it more democratic and, yeah. and making it more accessible to everyone. So that, that means a lot, man. I feel like there's a lot of people putting work toward this concept of inclusivity. I know Virgil mm-hmm. is definitely putting work regarding that. And of course, Kanye did it. And the guys from Pigalle in Paris. Absolutely, shout really, out to them. Yeah, Stefan and Sharaf, they're putting a lot of work for that. And it's the same, I'm all about subculture. So it's mm-hmm. the same with the music. I really love what Tyler, the creator, is doing, what this girl Abra is doing too. Oh yeah, shout out to her. Her music is amazing. I love to see version of people from our culture like that. I think it's just so interesting. I don't really like what is first dimensional. Like I'm not gonna mention name like that, but I feel like there is a lot of music, art or fashion that's not deep enough. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like it's very generic just doing something so generic. And I like when we have people trying to break boundaries, trying to do something new, you know? Yeah. And that's how I feel like we're moving forward. And that's some of the reason why I really, really, really respect Kanye for that. Like, mm. this is what he's been doing for the past 20 years, just like insane. Yeah, yeah, it's like the twofold. It's making the fashion world and creativity accessible, yeah. but also making that accessibility at a high level. You know, making your product and your work at a level and taste that's at a high standard. And that's something that I see in your work. So can you explain to those who don't know what is proper and what is the proper sneaker? I spent a lot of my time in London. A lot of my close friends are from London and they were always using this word proper. And I remember at the time when they pronounced it with the British accents just sounds so clean, you know, (laughs) and basically I also know that it was a wordplay because, you know, Mr. Clean? Of course, yeah. yeah. So in French, it's called Monsieur Pop. <laughs> Wait, so say it again. Monsieur Pop. Monsieur Pop. So basically, it was a <laughs> wordplay between the definition of proper that says uh, oh. correct and also uh, proper pop. We grew up with this guy on TV, you know? Yeah. Uh, with the white t-shirt, bald-headed. <laughs> and I was like, it actually makes sense. Beside that, I've always been like a, not a sneakerhead, but I love products. I'm a product guy. Mm. I love product. I don't really see myself as a fashion designer. I'm a product guy. I'm a marketer. And I just Mm. feel like I could market anything that I feel like. Yeah. I started with sneakers because I had the chance to work for this house in Paris. Pierre Hardy He's the creative director of Hermes since 1992. And also Balenciaga from 2000 to 2011, I think. He has his own line also and Hermes owns a little bit of it. So I had the chance to work for him. So I just think that this was amazing and this inspired me to start the proper sneaker. So the proper sneaker, basically, I started with the shoes before the music because I thought that if I was doing the contrary, somehow the music would influence the shoes and the product would look like some merchandising. I get it. So to avoid a lot of people like pretty much saying, oh, he's an urban artist and this is his urban shoe collection. I just thought that I should start with the shoes. I'm very inspired by minimalism. 
I'm also a big maximalist sometimes, but I'm really inspired by minimalism. So I love graphic designer like Massimo Vignelli. I'm inspired by artists like Donald Judd, Onkawara, people that just do something with a motive. And this is very important for me. So I started with the proper sneaker. Basically, it's a minimal pair of shoe with no visible branding and also no luxury market. So the shoes that you can find for the same quality for $450 in traditional retail, we sell it for $169. Why? It's because we have no storefront coast, showrooms, middlemen, basically. So yeah. we're trying to make high quality products affordable. And that's what we're trying to do. So creating this was an amazing journey because we produce the shoes in Portugal, get the components in Italy, and everything is handmade in Portugal. And then we ship it here. I know you probably had a lot of other iterations of working on shoes before you came to this point. Mm -hmm. What was sort of that process of just learning the process of how to do all this on your own? Because you're not only designing, you're also doing the business and yeah. learning. What was that process like? Basically, you just learn. You learn. You know, if you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, you have to be able to take a loss. I take a loss every day. I take a mm -hmm. win every day. I don't celebrate the high. I don't celebrate the low. I just keep on moving. So basically with the shoes, and I think it's the same for everybody. If you want to put your mind into it, you're going to figure it out. So I had the shoes. I designed the shoes on Illustrator. I just give the whole process because I just feel like a lot of people want to do it and sometimes don't know where to start. Yeah. So if I can share my experience, maybe it can help somebody. Yeah. So basically I designed the shoes on Illustrator. Mm -hmm. I give all the dimensions, details that I want, color of the leather and everything. Then I find the factory. So one of the best place right now to produce shoes is Portugal. Of course, because they speak French for me, but it's also because you have a really, really great price for the quality. Yeah. Is yeah. there a specific place in Portugal? Yeah, around Porto. There's a lot of factories. I know on the internet, if you type factories, shoes, Porto, I'm sure you can find some and reached out. The hardest part is that usually when you start, there is a coast for the development and also to prototype. And also those factories are usually they have like 10 clients already. So it's very hard for them to stop what they're doing to just make like three pair of shoes for you. And it's not even guaranteed that you're going to order. Then they have a minimum of order of like 200 pair of shoes. Yeah. So like it makes it very hard. So I designed the shoes, went to Portugal by myself. I had a little bit of money that I saved from the uh, commercials that I've done as a model. And then I went there and I started production shoe. I had different shoe collection before that I used to sell wholesale. So I've tried different things and I realized that the proper sneaker was the most marketable pair of shoe. Mm -hmm. And then I just know what everything is doing, which is basically using social media to build a following and a yeah. community and also a couple offline events, which is when you do giveaway to celebrities. I had the chance to have like, I mean, I don't know if it's the chance basically, but somehow some Instagram personalities start wearing it, give more exposure. And because the authority in their field, some people start paying attention. So at Kendall Jenner and the Kardashian, when my stuff, different people start wearing it and then different person and buyers start catching up to it. Yeah, that's I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing anything. I'm not chasing this, but I'm hustling. When I'm hustling is like everywhere I could place my product, I will. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
That's great to see, man. We recognize that. That's one of the things that I notice about you the most is the hard work that you're putting in. It's really like I'm just seeing you doing mostly everything. <laughs> so far, we're literally three, and I work with my sister, Sonia, and uh, we do everything each other from designing the website, the logo, the branding, the mood boards, the references. We are inspired by like army walk and communistic carnivals, you know, for the aesthetic. And we shoot stuff with multiple models. All of this, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of research and mood boards. Also, we have the SEO strategy that we're doing together. Yeah. The marketing, <laughs> uh, the paid marketing. We've done a crowdfunding campaign on uh, Indiegogo and we've seen people and support coming from different places. It's a source of motivation. Yeah. When you see the, like your work and rich people living in the Philippines or South America, mm. like it's super interesting. Yeah. And that's one thing, like it's connected with me and also people from around the world. We're noticing your brand is really your hard work. We see you in front of all of this, putting your blood, sweat and tears into every promotion, into every post, into every design. This is all coming from you. So that's one thing that I really want to say respect to you for, brother, because it takes a lot of work. And, Thank you. And not a lot of people really recognize that on the onset or at the it end. It takes a lot of work. You know, they, they see the results. <laughs> they see like, oh, wow, they're successful. But, you know, it takes a lot of work and even like fighting through the doubt and the setbacks. Like you said, you take a loss like almost every day. Like, every day. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? Because for people who see someone like you who's always just powering through and making progress, how do you deal with setbacks? I'm not going to lie to you. I get frustrated sometimes. I read comments. I do doubt sometimes. You're but human. <laughs> I just know that I will never, ever give up because my drive is like crazy. And mm. I always know the bigger picture. People will always be hating, you know? Mm. Sometimes I would see like, last time I've seen a video on Wallstar, I was watching it and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I read the comments and you still have people hating. That's <laughs> so crazy. So mm. there is hate everywhere. So that's one thing. Then I think like I'm very singular. My circle is really, really tight. I know a lot of people, but my circle is really tight. I make sure that I do the same things every day and I hang with the same people. My friends, most of them are like my peers mm. in a sense. We do things kind of similar in different environments, in different industry. But I know for a fact I'm the least knowledgeable. Mm. Um, I'm just learning from them every day. And that's one thing that helped me a lot. Like, for example, to release my music, it took me a lot of time because of course I see what's going on, right? I study the game, I see exactly what's going on, who's dropping what, who's dropping all of those projects. And you have friend coaching that comes and just drop one thing, it's very sporadic. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, <laughs> but it's so perfectly crafted mm. that you just have to respect it and understand that like, <laughs> things takes time. Yeah, yeah. You know, never be in a rush, mm. things takes time. Kendrick just turned 30. You have to realize that things really take time. That's an advice that I give to myself all the time. We compare ourselves a lot and we compare our like showreel. Our behind the scene to people showreel. You understand? Wow. Yeah. And when you think about that, you're like, no, they had some behind the scene. Nobody knows what they've been doing before. Kevin Hart was being a stand-up comedian for a minute mm -hmm. before things started bubbling. Rocky was struggling before dropping his first tape. Mm. And people really need to realize that these take time. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not what I want to be. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I just know patience is the key. You know, when mm. you believe in what you do, if you're consistent, things are going to be exposed to the people that you want them to be exposed or at least attract the people, you know? A great point. I try to tell my friends that too. It's like the whole thing about comparing yourself, comparison, it's a lost cause. You're better off exerting your energy on, you know, what you're saying, being diligent and not focusing on what's happening to the left or to the right. 
If anything, you should look at other things as just a source of encouragement. You need to copyright that phrase, man, like <laughs> comparing people's showreel to your behind the scenes, because that's the truth. Everyone has a behind the scenes. Everyone yeah. has a struggle. Everyone has a grind. And to just compare yourself is actually, it's hurting your ability to see how great you are. You Definitely. know? And so, when yeah. you see like icons like David Bowie or Andy Warhol, I don't think they were thinking about other people. When you see how their work versus times, they don't really think like that. They're just like, I'm gonna do me and be consistent mm. and just make sure that what I do shows that there is a level of complexity in my thoughts and in my yeah. work, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do even with the proper, all the aesthetic and the product that we do, how we document it. Cause what we're doing on the internet is gonna stay. Mm. What we're doing right now, this podcast, gonna stay forever yeah yeah like when you put something on youtube it's gonna stay maybe my kids are gonna hear it like 100 years you know <laughs> so yeah that's the kind of things that i'm thinking mm, mm. when i do something to make sure it's close to be timeless it takes time but i'm like mm. how can i do to give the best version of myself to create something timeless you know yeah and i think frank ocean like you said is a great example of that oh yeah yeah he crafts his work and takes the time and goes away out of people's sight to bring something that the level of quality is unmatched. There is brains in these words that sometimes I sit down and I'm like, wow, you know, Frank Ocean, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, like just buying Whole Food. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> unpredictable, but he makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, literally after trying to buy Snapchat, doing a better version of Snapchat that just literally shits on Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, I look at this, even like, even ASAP Rocky, sometimes they say, yeah, he's overrated and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, Rocky is doing power moves. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like there Let's is no other <laughs> people of 28, 29 years old doing those kind of moves coming from urban demographic. Mm. Rocky has like five years in the game. He yeah. doesn't have like 10 years. It's still really early. That's what's, you know what I mean? that's what's so real about it. And people hate like, yo, he's a model. Yeah, but I mean, at least he knows like self-awareness. He knows exactly what fits his brain, you know? Mm. And I just feel like the best thing is to know the white space in the market and how it makes sense to you. And then you just do it. While I see a lot of people like, literally doing the same things. Last time I just typed Lil, L-I-L, and I see Lil Uzi, and Under Boosie, and then Yachty, and then Wayne, and there is so many Lil, 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 Lil coming. Yeah. And my friends, last time, Cornel was telling me, in the music industry right now, there is like three main beats. Like literally, <laughs> three main beats, yeah. and people has a different take on it. For you, in a world, not just in music, but in even in fashion and in design, where you see a lot of the same sometimes, how have you differentiated yourself? Just think simple, but simple through complications. Mm. So basically, it's like, yes, I know that the color that I really like the most are like the white color and the black color, but I still want to go through the process of watching every colors around before coming back to black and white. So basically there is a differentiation to know between basics and simple. So like the proper sneaker is simple, it's not basics. Mm. Basic is when it's not good quality. No thought put into it. Exactly. Simple means just like I strap everything down. And yes, I hear some people that would come to me I think your shoes should be red and probably with some wings and some studs. And I'm like, no, it's just not <laughs> what I do. Yeah. I know exactly my lane. I know exactly what I appeal to. I'm not trying to be somebody else. I know my lane. And I feel like there is a rising class, a millennial rising class that understand my 
take on urban minimalism. Mm. Maybe not urban is not the word, but I feel like it makes sense to me. It's very hard for me, like for example, right now when I do an interview like that, because I'm verbalizing things right now. Mm. I know in my mind, but like putting mm. words yeah, in a different yeah, language yeah, right yeah. now on it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, but it's a real thing. I see what you're doing. You're creating a new vocabulary of design and a new vocabulary for people to be able to process and view aesthetic. You know, and, and I think it's a real thing. People need to see this and experience it. Yeah, I think it's super, super important. And at the end of the day, like, we don't have that much time. Like, we are alive. Why not take advantage from it, you know? I was joking today with a friend. I was like, yo, we have, like, 78 summers left. Mm -hmm. When you see life from that perspective, you're like, okay, I don't have the house that I want. I don't have this. I haven't dropped this project. I haven't tried this and this and that. Like 78 summers left. Mm. And there is more than 200 countries in the world. Just from that perspective, you know that you don't have that much time left. Prodigy passed away and he was only 42. That's why like we really have to do what we want to do and not even overthink. It's super important. Yeah, it is. It is, man. And that's the beauty of it. The fact that we're able to create and do what we want to do and create things that mean something to us with the time that we have. It's amazing. And I feel like social media also is a blessing. If you know how to use it, of course, there's a lot of people using it for vanity and different stuff. And sometimes I even like to do it like this, but I just think it's a blessing. I can compete with some brands I wasn't able to compete with 10 years ago. Even you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Using the internet to reach out to different people. There is this amazing app called Anchor. I don't know if you heard about it. Anchor basically is like the essence of the radio where you and I can both create an account and you have people that follow you, but instead of typing, you just leave a vocal note. Wow. So it's amazing. So wow. you can ask a questions and people get back to you. That's Actually, I think crazy. you should use it. Anchor, I'm gonna check that Anchor. out. Yeah. So many things are happening right now in the world. I talked to my 12 year old younger sister telling me that she has a Finstagram and everybody has a Finstagram, which is pretty much a funny Instagram. They don't use Facebook because they feel like Facebook is so old. And I'm like, <laughs> Facebook is only like 10 years old. Right, right, it's crazy, right? <laughs> so for the future, man, we see where you're taking your brand, the proper brand. I don't even just consider it just the shoe. I see it as a you're creating a world. Mm -hmm. You're telling a story. Yeah. What do you want to continue to tell through this story? So I hope, I hope, I really hope that probably in 10 years, this will serve as a blueprint for anybody to do something that what you cannot fit in the market, you just have to create your own niche, like your own space. And I just feel like I'm not fitting in the market. I feel like I'm a weirdo. I feel like I like <laughs> weird things. Yeah. Really, that's how I feel. I don't really like to socialize myself too much. And I'm tall, so I have a problem to deal with attention and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's very weird for me. But what I want to tell to the world is that, damn, this kid created his own world. Mm. I have the proper sneakers where I really take the values of fashion, but at the same time, I democratize those values and make sure that I make things accessible for people in good quality. And also I deliver high quality music that hopefully will resist times. That's what I want to do. Yes, and we see it, man. I see it, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing it. I'm just excited to see what you continue to do and unfold. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that becomes, man. I'm very excited to release the music as much as growing up the brand because it's amazing. I feel like everybody that supports what I'm doing, I feel like I know their first name mm. and that's amazing. Like I feel the future for any company is 
CRM, which is customer relationship management. Mm. I hope that I could figure out the software and everything to know like people's birthday and I could like text them <laughs> and say, hey guys, thank you so much for like helping me, supporting what I do. I think it's amazing. And I feel like at the end of the day, like on Instagram, we're all doing the same things. We all have a brand and we're trying to create brand loyalty and trust with any customer or potential customer, entertaining them and selling a product, you know, from you being a journalist to having a podcast or you having a brand. Now we are at the forefront of this era where the person behind the brand is as important as the brand. You know, mm. people mm. buy with emotions, with effect, and they feel like, okay, I like this story, so I'm gonna buy the product. I don't think I'm creating something new. Of course, I'm aware of Common Project. Of course, I'm aware of people that have done things before me, but it's not about the pioneers no more. It's about who's doing it right. Mm. Yeah. I feel like your podcast is targeted. Like, you know exactly who you're talking to. You're not doing this, trying to be a competition for ABC. You know exactly who you're talking to, and that's enough. I say this to all of my friends. 5,000 people, that give you $200. It's a million. So to me, the equation is pretty simple. When I see a lot of artists that have a million views, but don't know how to convert those clicks, it means that they don't really have a community. You know, numbers equals demand. doesn't really equals quality or authenticity or integrity. So to me, I'd rather focus on a group of people and grow up with them. When you look at Chance, Chance had his community. That's it. Yeah. And he really doesn't care. So that's why like Apple would pay like 500,000 for him to have his album two weeks on iTunes Music and then Spotify and Tidal. I feel like once you have your community, you can do whatever you want. Build a platform for yourself. Think about how many people now have 10, 20,000 followers on Instagram. I feel like almost everybody, mm -hmm. but it's a lot. If you manage to convert those people and have those email addresses and phone numbers and provide something that it's for them too, you know, for example, for me, there's no point to just sell a sneaker. What makes sense is when I explain the first sneaker is the inspiration of the proper sneaker. We're trying to be knowledgeable. You know, for example, we use the word proper for proper sneaker because we're paying tribute to the first pair of sneakers that was made in the 1800. Mm. Basically, people used to wear shoes on a leather sole that used to make noise. And one day in 1800, the U.S. rubber company started to use rubber under the shoes that they were making and those shoes were for the bad boys to sneak onto someone. Mm. So that's how the word sneaker came from. You know, yeah. it was to yeah. sneak. <laughs> literally, so literally. That's sneak, why we yeah. have like the most quiet shoe. Like yeah. we really try to respect people mm. and not look like a fraud. You know, mm. that's the most important things I think when we do something, you know? Yeah. And what you're saying right now, we have a lot of young entrepreneurs who are listening and this is something that they need to hear. I feel like, and like you said, this is gonna be listened to for years to come. Yeah. And you're, you're basically laying things out that are really good points, teaching points. That yeah, I feel like my train of thoughts is, and, and I learned this after failing, of course. Mm. I failed and from that, I'm trying to get feedback from this failure. We cannot look like a fraud. Now with the internet, things became so easy. You can Wikipedia anything. People trust Wikipedia. Well, it's a library that everybody can... Uh... Open source. Yeah. yeah. So my point is that we have to make sure that we Google, we have this right reference. Like you do music, you have to do things the proper way, the right way. Is that you need to know where this is coming from. I think that's very important because being hot, I'm gonna be here for like five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like come and go. But when you see people like Jay and Diddy and stuff like that, it's because their mission is just bigger and it just resists times. Yeah. Like even look like a double XL cover, a lot of people not gonna prosper. Three or four 
out of them is going to make it, mm. you know? Yeah, I think we all need to see is the importance of being true to yourself, especially when you have a brand that makes it even more important to be true to yourself because that's what people connect with. And when people see you and your work, it's like, wow, they know it's you. People see that I study some references. And that's why I feel like, honestly, when I look at Frank Ocean, for example, I don't know why I mentioned Frank Ocean today. <laughs> Shout out to Frank. <laughs> uh, and I just think like Lens, his latest single is actually really, really good. Him using Autotune and Synthesizer, Francis and the Light or Bon Iver, he sounds very good. Just like how he's moving. But I just feel like people need to see that like, dang, there's a lot of complexity behind it. And I apply the same mentality. Like, I feel like you can do pop, commercial music, and still be complex because it takes time to make a hit. You know what I mean? It's the truth. Last time, Raph Simmons was talking about Virgil in an interview, saying that Virgil wasn't... Yeah, I remember that. I forgot what was exactly his words, and I don't want to, like, misquote that. But basically, he was saying to not to compare. He cannot compare them now at Vetement with Virgil because he felt that Virgil things were not authentic and I believe that yes there's a lot of similarities where I think that literally Virgil takes some stuff from Raph and there's no problem but at the same time I feel that things are changing you know things are evolving mm. and I feel that why can we not admit that there is a level of complexity in urban or streetwear you know yeah it's not all the same ripping off or duplicated things it's been here forever you know, mm -hmm. it's been here all the time. And I'm sure that Raph is being inspired by some things too, but that's me thinking. <laughs> no, it's a good point. It's a good point, man. Yeah, looking forward, you're basically creating your respect, you know, because yeah. I think in the past, it's like you almost had to wait for someone to give you respect. The gatekeepers about, are, yeah, yeah. are gone now. Like, mm -hmm. you study your references. I study choreography. I make sure that when you see this, you have to respect it, you know? Like it or not, but at least you have to respect my intention and my approach of things, you know? Mm. That's why I think it's the most important things. When you see people like Elmut Lang or Ray Kawakibo at Comme des Garçons or Nicolas Giscard, it's like, you know that they are activating fashion. You know that there is a specific amount of work put behind their products, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. That's what makes them unique and make them stand out. I feel like everybody should study them because of their work resisting time. Mm. That's the most important thing. I'm just so tired of watching stuff on TV or on Instagram. Things are just like nameless, generic, not interesting. I just feel like we need to have like Jedi's. Like we mm. need to have like people that really put in work, you know? Mm. It's so easy today to have a catchy hook hop on a beat that sound like Zetoven and stuff like that and just drop it out there and make it. And again, I'm not hating at all. <laughs> I'm just saying it's easy. Yeah. And easy doesn't mean that everybody can do it, but I just feel like it's selfish. The approach mm. is selfish. You mm. know, why not trying to do something to help others? That's my mentality. Like you said, we need inspiration. Do work, do whether it's creating any type of medium, do it inspired inspire people and be inspired if we're here it's because we got inspired by some people mm. you know mm. i remember just watching like my first exhibition from robert mapathorpe or even like i learned english reading harry potter wow. one day my mom wow. my mom got this book and she gave it to me she Shout works to at, harry potter. <laughs> she works <laughs> as a maid in a hotel and i i read this book and i just got into it but i'm just saying that like we need people that inspire us, you know? Mm. That's what I'm trying to do on a super, super low-key, local level. But I hope, yeah, that 
my music and my shoes can inspire people. Yeah, it is. It is inspired. I mean, I'm inspired, man. Like, <laughs> I, and you. I think that's <laughs> like even seeing your work resonate with different people that I know. It's mm. like you're creating things that, like you said, it's going to be timeless. And I think that's the difference between creating a product and creating something that is timeless, is that you're creating something that's going to remain on the conscience, on the mind, on the heart, yeah. you know, because you created it from the heart. You and know? it's super hard. Some people are probably somewhere thinking about how to do it. It sounds so easy. Yes, I had to face the same reality as everybody, which is uh, I don't have my parents working like a bank or whatever that would give me a loan to do my stuff. No, you have to hustle every day. You have to figure shit out. You need to figure out how you can like get some checks from left and right to save and then do your product and start your company and not to be distracted. You have to say, I'll pass when you have to go out and your friends wants to go out, but you have to work. You have to go through so many obstacles, but I just feel like oh, it feels so good when you wake up and you know that you're working for yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the best feeling. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, for real. <laughs> and that's what uh, we all should be working towards, you know, yeah. seeing that reality for ourselves. That's my point of view, but I'm like, for example, The Breakfast Club, they could leave all three and start a podcast called The Breakfast Club. And I believe that with the network, they could definitely have the same guest now that they build like a strong platform. Even if they're not on the radio, it will take time. But I'm sure that like in 10 years, it would become something, you know? And I feel that we are not educated enough. Like school teach you how to get a job, not how to run a company, how to work for yourself. I feel like it's a different mindset and we have to figure out how can we more independent? I don't think that this life should be like you spend your whole time working for yourself and then you retire and you have a little bit of money on the side and then you wait for for the day you're gonna die. Like, no. Mm -hmm. I think that you have to work for somebody for a specific amount of time, get that expertise, and then use it for yourself, and then work and perfect it. That's what you're doing. Podcast 120 is gonna be crazy with some commercial in between, <laughs> and a lot of traffic, and people yeah. are gonna say, oh shit, can we have like a 15 second clip that talk about my product and my party, you mm. know, because you're gonna sell traffic. And advertising, like, it's about perfecting yourself. Don't think that good is not good enough. Don't think that good is not great and you want to start at great. Nobody started great. Mm. Kanye used to have baggy jeans and a backpack. <laughs> before People forget that. Becoming Yeezus and all yeah. of this, you know? <laughs> you have to realize that like yeah. things yeah. take time and you perfect them along the way. And you know what? You can even make money and cash back while you're perfecting those things. Like when I listen to Section 80, to Kendrick Dame, latest album, Wow, the evolution is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he wasn't where Kendrick probably wanted to be, but during the process, he was still selling those albums, you know? So, and I feel like that's what makes the difference with the creative and the entrepreneur. You think about the bigger picture and you have to just put it out, put it out. Don't think about it. Don't dwell, don't wait. Just like do your thing and just put it out there and somebody's gonna see it somewhere. You don't know. You want to start your own company. You want to be a makeup artist. Just do it. Put it out there because somehow after a year or two, I do not believe that doing the same things will not make you a better person. Mm. You know, mm. consistency is the key. Consistency and success is just doing things that what people don't want to do on a consistent basis. A lot of people hate on contemporary art. And I found this definition on Tumblr that was saying that contemporary art is basically 
what everybody could do but just don't do. Mm. And I'm like, that's so true when you think about it. That's the truth. And I think some people get hung up on like, oh, I want to be great at something. So my first initial offering has to be on level 100. Yeah. But... You can't get tripped up on that. You got to say, just like you said, you got to put things out. You got to get yourself out there. You got to create and just put yourself out there so that people can connect with your work and you can get better. Because Everybody you- has zero followers. Everybody started from somewhere. Yeah. Even if you go on YouTube, you can type like the first video ever posted on YouTube. You can see the first video clip of David Bowie. Uh, you can see like, I mean, Michael is a different thing. But <laughs> I was about to say Michael, but Michael was born like that. <laughs> yeah, he's the wrong. exception. Like, but um, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I just think you just started at point A and then the process is very interesting and you should not be scared, you know. And I'm talking to myself right now. Mm. I've, I've been scared. I've been going through listening to people's opinion and that would frustrate me and I would not do anything. And I would spend my time on Days and Confused just looking at the Days 100 list and be like, oh, I should be in it. Or listening to Forbes, or watching Forbes and be like, oh, I should be into the 30 under 30. And I realized that at the same time, you have to put in work and stop just like thinking and comparing yourself, you know? Yeah, and that's a good point. I think the more we're able to just create with freedom and express with freedom, we're able to become more our true selves and mm-hmm. be more honest with our work. You know, I think when being honest with our work, it becomes more of a passion and we're more passionate about creating things that mean something to us, it then will automatically improve our work. We'll begin to elevate and people will recognize it. Yeah. So that's something that I see in your work, man. It's real and we're all connecting with it, you know, and I'm just excited to see where you take things. And you're going to reach a lot of people with your message and your story, man. So I'm I really hope. glad we're able to talk today, man. I'm, ha- I'm same, same. I hope that I wasn't born because I talk a lot sometimes. No, no, this is great. <laughs> and I hope that it will resonate somewhere and it's, some people will just do it. You know, I'm super humble and I'm I'm really happy like when somebody spends some time of their life watching my work or even studying it or I receive a lot of messages on Instagram. Very, very uplifting and nice. Some people are telling me that I inspire them and that makes me so happy, you know? I feel like this is an accomplishment itself. Yeah. Some people sometimes are mad for not winning a Grammy and I'm just like, if you're nominated already, mm. that's a form of win, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that's what matters to me. Walking in the street, bumping to somebody that say, yo, I wasn't sure if I should start my company. I read this article and uh, about you. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you're going to see, but... Mm. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's that's actually a real blessing in what we do. And I think we've done that for each other in, in a way. It's like through hustling and through working hard, you inspire other people. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes people may not even tell you that, oh, you were an inspiration, but you don't know. Something you created could have inspired the next person to go hard at whatever they do. Maybe they're not also designing. Maybe they have another different creative way of expressing it. Like, wow, like he did it. Let me go harder in what I do. You know, Tupac was saying... Um, mm. It might not find the cure for for cancer or AIDS, but I forgot exactly what it was. We were saying that he knows that his words would sparkle something, even a conversation that would lead probably to find the cure, you know? Mm. And that's why it's very interesting. I don't see just my work today in 2017. 
I see in like 10 years how these could help as a reference or as a source of inspiration for somebody else, you know? Mm. And I feel like for all of us coming from low-income environments, this is not an excuse. Let's just increase the efforts and not the excuses, you know? Because mm. we can really do what we want to do if we put our mind into it. And that's very, very important. I know it sounds so generic, mm -hmm. but I promise I've seen some of my friends and even myself, when you do the same thing, even just for a week, you see the result. Like you hit the gym for a month, you see the result. So you do the same thing after a year, you'll see the result. So after 10 years, it's even better. Saving $1 every day, just like trying to do something every day, little by little will lead you to like a brick of wall, you know? And that's super important to me to just be consistent. That's the things I'm fighting for. Yeah. Procrastination yeah. versus consistency. That's it. And yeah, being consistent, a lot of people may not realize, sometimes being consistent is more powerful than just being talented. Oh yeah. Like Way I think more. consistency will actually win over just being simply talented. Exactly. It's very important to just like know who you're talking to. Mm. That's it. Go where you celebrated, not tolerated. Mm. That will cut your time in half, you know? Yeah, wow. I, I gotta remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real, man. I think we're gonna talk again very soon. Um, for sure. Like this is major. I feel like you're just speaking for a, a lot of people right now. Like a I lot hope. of people need to hear this or people may even know this, I but they just so. needed to be affirmed by what you're saying. Like, guys, there is so many ways to make money. Like if you broke, go on Amazon, go on eBay, resell, flip things, trying to hustle. If you're looking for somebody to collaborate with, think about different ways you can exchange values like if you feel that you're looking for a videographer and you can give him traffic boom tell him that you're going to be consistent and work with him all the time trying to sell your expertise trying to sell something you're very good at like there is so many things to do and i just feel like we can do way more you know i feel like we can do way way more and i'm speaking to myself first like i can do way way more you know it's all about like self-confidence self-awareness and consistency that's it, man. I think we're going to end on that note. <laughs> Thank you so much, man, for having me. I hope I wasn't like being DJ Khaled annoying. <laughs> no, uh, no, this is all, all good, man. This great. is all good. So how can people find you, your work? So um, you can go on www.thepropersneaker.com for The Proper Sneaker. For the music is www.thepropertkid. Instagram, it's at The Proper Sneaker and Twitter and all social media. My personal Instagram, it's at Camille Tano, C-A-M-I-L-L-E-T-A-N-O-H. And uh, I think I'm pretty easy to find on social media. First name, last name, it's gonna be super easy. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, really appreciate everything that you're doing. You too, keep <laughs> doing it. I hope that you're gonna start vlogging too, because I hey. think you should document the whole process of that mm. to have a bigger reach. I think that uh, everybody in the world now speaks English, and I know there is people in Europe definitely like paying attention to what you do. So like, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I'll be back soon with uh, more things to say and more things to show. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Right, see to find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas. Produced by Taj Alexander and edited by Amanda Hughes.